The SGP and the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is having their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Draft Week all week long. SGPN has you covered with draft props, mock drafts, and our live NFL Draft Watch Party. So make sure to smash that subscribe button at youtube.com slash podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome in to another episode of the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Ryan McIntyre. I'm Rod Gomez, And this, of course, is the... We don't play it again. You don't need to play the intro music again. Come on. Oh, yeah, it's the little loop button is there. All right. For those of you watching on YouTube... Hi, how's it going, everybody? For those of you listening on the uh, on the old G podcast, you're like, all right, Rod, get your shit together. I am. I'm, I'm getting it. It's We're, we're getting there. Uh, but again, this is the uh, divisional previews for betting purposes. And we uh, look, we're sitting on some pretty big news that we'll talk about here in a second that may shake up the landscape of the entire AFC. This uh, this this episode, we're covering the AFC South. So, Ryan, buddy, big, big news as we sit here on April the 24th at two thirty or two twenty three Pacific time, buddy. Yeah, too bad we don't have J-Mark on this one because he'd be doing victory laps that Aaron Rodgers is no longer a member of the NFC North and the Green Bay Packers. So, new era in Green Bay, new era in New York. So, yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah, so again, Aaron Rodgers is now officially a New York Jet. He will don or shake his uh, Green Bay green for the New York Jets' is green and uh, definitely not changing his wardrobe all that much other than the fact that instead of GB, it will be NY. Uh, so, look, they're sending over a bunch of draft picks. I'm not, I don't want to get into the minutia of what the Jets get and what the what the Packers get in return. Just suffice it to say that the Jets gave up quite a bit for the right to, to now have Aaron Rodgers on their team. We're not here to debate who won, who lost, or, or any of that stuff. Obviously, we just want to talk about what really the impact is going to be going forward because now – Obviously, Green Bay loses their their star, right? Their quarterback, the guy that that's got them all the success they've had over the years. And now the Jets get, I don't know, do they get Brett Favre? Do they get? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say the shell of of a former quarterback. Like what what happens now in the Aaron Rodgers saga? I think that the the Jets are probably going to be a playoff team. I mean, last year they were right in the mix of things down to the down to the end but just couldn't get any quarterback play. Zach Wilson wasn't good. Mike White wasn't good. They just lacked consistency at the quarterback position. Their defense was a top five, the top 10 unit all year long. Uh, Brees Hall, when he went down, that really hurt. I thought, I think he went down week six or seven. So get him back. They got um, Wilson on Garrett Wilson on the outside to bring over Aaron Lazard as well. So it's uh, a lot of optimism we should say in uh, the big apple right now with the New York football jets. So uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers comes in. I think he instantly puts them in the AFC East uh, stakes with the Buffalo bills and Miami dolphins at the top. And yeah, I, th- I don't, I don't think that they're as good as Kansas city, Cincinnati and Buffalo, but I think they have a chance to in the AFC East. Well, if nothing else, it does put the jets on the same level for the most part as those upper end quarterbacks, obviously like that's now that they, they have no excuse in that department. Now they have Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, say what you will about where he's at in his career. Obviously he's still one of the top quarterbacks an MVP, not that far removed. So, you know, again, you have young weapons around this talented veteran who could very well. And I love, I love the quote from, uh, from Zach Wilson, who said he was going to give uh, Aaron Rodgers hell every day in training camp. Uh, and, and Ryan and I were just talking about this before we jumped on the air. It's not as if you brought Aaron Rodgers into one back up, like you said, Ryan, 
or two to even compete for the job. Like, I don't know what kind of hell you're going to give him, Zach. Like, I don't know if you're going to walk in every day and just like hand him a, a, an old man pill or Geritol or whatever. Like that kind of <laughs> razzing maybe is all you can get away with. But as far as trying to pressure him for his job, yeah, I don't see that quite so much. No, no chance. And, but, you know, this could be good for Zach Wilson. Maybe they trade him. He gets a new change of scenery. Get him out of New York. I mean, we saw Air, uh, Brett Favre, same guy in, in, in Green Bay, what, 16 years ago, do this 17 years ago, where he left a Green Bay team and went over the Jets, and they were they had a lot of hype on that team too. So it's going to be the same thing with the Jets. I think Rodgers has more in the tank than Favre did at the time at the end. So um, I, I do think that Rodgers is playing at a higher level. So, But the hype is going to be at an all-time high, especially in New York, the biggest city in the world. Uh, the lights are a little brighter there, so it, it's going to be fun. They they will not they will definitely be in the headlines, uh, whether it's for the good or bad in New York. I'm curious, really, honestly, now because obviously in Green Bay, you're you're revered, you're loved. the The culture there is so much more different as far as football is concerned versus New York, where now he's going to be in the spotlight every single. I mean, he already was in Green Bay, obviously, but the yeah. New York spotlight, just like you said, is a lot different than the Green Bay spotlight. So can he hold up to the pressure of being in a New York sports environment? Like, is he to the point now where he's old enough to where he doesn't care? Or is this going to wear down him? Because they dig a lot farther into personal life. They dig a lot farther into all, everything. The criticisms, everything is more intense in New York when it comes to sports. I wonder if Aaron Rodgers is up for the scrutiny. Yeah, you you hit the nail right on the head. New York, they're gonna they're gonna dig it. That media is ruthless, and you know what? But you know what? If you win and you play well, they will pat you on the back and they will build a statue after you in New York. So, but you're right. If it goes south, just a little bit, a little bit of adversity early on, it'll be interesting to see how the media handles a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who can be what's the right word? Prickly? I it maybe is uh, the right word. He's, he 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 doesn't he doesn't put up with a lot of shit from the media, so it's going to be an interesting relationship dynamic between Rogers and the media, especially the New York media. Well, that's that's for sure. Uh, one thing that is the same though between both of those is that they don't need a whole lot of uh, opportunities to wear sunglasses because it snows quite a bit in New York. But <laughs> for those of you like me out in sunny California, you need your protection from the sun, and the only way you're going to get that is by our friends at Shady Rays because they got you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles. Well, maybe they'll need the snow goggles out there in New York. Who knows? And so much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers worldwide class products just as good as any expensive pair that we've ever worn. They get durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair of sunglasses that you get is backed by lost or broken replacement. So if you lose your, your glasses, you break your glasses, doesn't matter if it's second one or day 100, you are going to get them replaced. No questions asked. That's what I love the best. They don't even care how you did it. They're just going to replace it. Even if you bought them, put them on once, and for some reason snapped them, they don't care. They're just going to give you a brand new pair of, of sunglasses because they have got your back long after you purchase. And with Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good because they donated up to 20 million meals now to fight hunger with Feeding American. If you don't love them, exchange them for a brand new pair or return them for free within 30 days. Literally no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. That team has always got your back. So exclusively for you out there, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. 200,000 people is an estimate of how many people I saw within the first 15 seconds of this uh, news breaking, tweeting out exactly uh, breaking news, breaking news. But unfortunately, it's no longer breaking. We know Aaron Rodgers is going to be a power in the AFC, but we're here to talk about the AFC South. Uh, which obviously, again, this could kind of bite into the potential of AFC South teams maybe uh, finding their way into the playoffs over the Jets. Uh, again, maybe what could have been an easy stepping stone heading into it maybe now gets a little bit tougher. Um, but the AFC West, or AFC South, rather, is who we're talking about today. Did I say West? Yes, I mean, but I know what you meant. 
You knew yeah. what I meant. <laughs> you just didn't want to talk about the AFC South. You wanted to talk about the AFC West because you want to talk about Mahomes and Herbert. But hey, we got to talk a little bit about those Jacksonville Jaguars. My 16 to 1 future last year to win the AFC South. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, listen, and again, that we laughed about them all season long, it felt like, until, until they started to turn it around. And then I remember at one point, Ryan, we, we both kind of looked at each other and said, I think we have to start taking these Jacksonville Jaguars seriously now. And, and we did. They finished nine and eight. They finished at the top of the, the charts for the AFC South. But I mean, with the Tennessee Titans at seven and 10, the Colts at four and 12, Houston at three and 13, Ryan, we kind of touched on a little bit. It may be theirs again, right? Yeah. It's amazing. What a difference a year makes, man. I mean, they were the laughing stock of the league, kind of like the lions, in the NFC, like the, the, these two teams that were both what two and 15, three and 14, get competent coaching Dan Campbell in the NFC. You bring in Doug Peterson year one with uh, Trevor Lawrence, and they take they take a huge step. I mean, from three and 14, the laughing stock to nine and eight in the division, they win a playoff game after falling down 27 nothing to the Chargers. And honestly, they gave Kansas City all they could handle in that divisional round. Yeah, and for a second there, you almost thought this could mm -hmm. be the year that, that Kansas City stumbles against a lesser team. Obviously, that didn't happen, but uh, if for no other reason other than the feel-goodness of, of Jacksonville finally turning themselves around, you know, and really, I suppose that's what you can accredit it to because it's not as if anybody was really cheering for Jacksonville uh, other than the feel-good story of it all. Because, um, you know, when you see the guys that are the, the punting uh, stones of the league year in and year out when they start to succeed it's good it's good to see it's it's actually like oh finally okay the jacksonville jaguars we don't have to laugh at them anymore and now now you're sitting there thinking to yourself okay the colts and the texans are now the bottom of this this league or this uh division rather and now who's going to be the next story in five or six years after plenty of chances at number one overall picks or really high draft picks to build a better team you know and that's that's what we're after now. We're, we're trying to see. We're now seeing what happens when you put enough number one picks together in one team. Can you build a, a better team than you had the year before? Yeah, and the number one pick of number one picks, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he really he really turned it on in the second half. That bye week came at the perfect time. Uh, they had stuttered. They lost. They lost a bad game to Denver. I think it was in Germany, if I if I'm not uh, mistaken correctly. So, or no, 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 no. It wasn't in Germany. It was in London. There was another game in Germany, but they fell to. It was two and seven, and they really had to get things in gear and run the table to get in the playoffs. And they just did exactly that. Uh, won seven out of nine coming down the stretch, and like you said, they gave Kansas City everything they could handle in that divisional round. They did. And and listen, so when you talk about divisional rounds, you talk about playoffs, obviously the only team that I would think that we would even consider, and we'll talk about it later as far as their odds to make it and all that other good stuff, but I think the only team that you fear out of this division at all is Jacksonville, even to make the playoffs. I'm not seeing any, any vast improvement out of anybody. I know Tennessee probably right there on the cusp of it, but obviously they've got their own problems that they've got to address this offseason as well, especially over the fact that they finished seven and 10 with a team that should not have been seven and 10. Uh, and obviously, like I said, we'll talk about that when we break them down, but on the whole, in the landscape of the AFC South, again, I think all we need to do is just kind of say, this is Jacksonville's to lose first of all. And second mm -hmm. of all, if any team advances to the playoffs out of this, it's gotta be Jacksonville. Yeah. It just because they have the best quarterback by far. I don't think it's really close. I mean, Tannehill is a good Decent game manager, um, Indianapolis and Houston. We don't even know who the starters are right now. They both are picking at the top of the draft for a reason. Uh, Indianapolis was a complete and total dumpster fire last year, and we'll touch on them. Uh, new coach, Shane Steichen. All they do is bring in these uh, Doug Peterson, Frank Reich guys. Um, obviously, Sirianni was an assistant for Frank Reich, who was an assistant for Peterson. Now, Steichen was an assistant for Sirianni, so they're trying to catch lightning in, in, in the bottle once again with the, the Doug Peterson coaching tree, but a lot of turnover. Obviously, uh, your guy, Ryan's heads over to Houston, taking over that gig. They, they, they got a lot of needs. We'll touch on that here in a minute, but yeah, this division, very young. I think come, come, up and coming. I, I think that the future is decently bright in this division, but uh, it's headlined by Jacksonville, like you said. 
Yeah. Again, just, it's such a weird thing to say headline by Jacksonville after four or five seasons really in a row of just absolute and total seller dwelling and, and just mm-hmm. bad stuff. Oh, uh, you talk about Doug Peterson. Actually, they, they probably should give a call to, uh, I believe it's the, uh, Houston gamblers that, uh, has Doug Peterson's son on as a receiver or a tight end or something like that. They may want to, they may want to get on the horn and bring in a, a Peterson, actual Peterson on the team and, uh, and see where it goes from there. <laughs> that would be something. Um, <laughs> All right, let's step away for one more break. When we come back, we'll actually start talking odds. We'll start talking about favorites. We'll start talking about who we like in the NFC South. I mean, I think we already covered who we like in the NFC South, but or the AFC South, rather. But uh, we'll get into it hot and heavy. When we come back, let's talk about Underdog Fantasy because we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here, and what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at Underdog Fantasy? Besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also got and NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half million in prizes. Go head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. Part of SGPN's draft week. SGPN is holding a free NFL draft props contest exclusively for members of our discord as with everything here on the sgpn it's completely free to join and the winner gets 250 dollars in cash and a 50 dollar sgpn gift card just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord go to the nfl channel for the sign up link all right so let's uh let's do this let's start from the bottom as we usually do of these divisions and work our way up to the top it starts with the Houston Texans. They are a 100 to 1 favorite to win the AFC South. They come in at plus 1000. Last season we just talked about it. They finished 3 13 and 1, outscored by a total of 289 points for to 420 points against. They did not win a single game at home and they were only 3 and 6 on the road, although they were 3 2 and 1 within the division. So uh, they, they may have gotten beat up on, but uh, they got a couple of licks in on their, uh, on their fellow brothers in the AFC South. Ryan, my friend, we talked about it. We don't know who on God's green earth is going to start at quarterback for this uh, team, but they do have a defensive minded head coach, which should bring some stability back to the defense. I still think they're a couple of years away from being in the conversation, though. I'll tell you that. This is a mess of a situation. Tomiko Ryan's comes over from San Francisco. Um, they got a lot of needs. This is the typical organization where they talk about you need to draft the best player. They need to draft the best player. If it happens to be quarterback, then draft the quarterback. But if you don't believe in a quarterback, don't just draft the quarterback to draft the quarterback. You need a tackle. You need receivers. You need you need defensive pieces. I anticipate them being better defensively because D'Amico Ryan's is coming over from San Francisco. Um, of course, they do not have the number one overall pick because they famously – won the final Week 18 game on the two-point conversion. Lovey Smith's uh, parting gift to the Chicago Bears in his final game with the Texans. So, yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting. I, but I think this organization is in the going in the right direction. They got rid of Deshaun Watson. They got that haul back for Deshaun Watson, which was good because if, if – I didn't think that they were going to get that much for him, but obviously Cleveland overpaid and then, of course, extended him as well. So getting rid of Deshaun Watson was a win in itself with the offseason distractions. Um, obviously, they're picking number two overall. I've seen rumors that they might trade back. It sounds like Young's going to go number one. I, it sounds like they're not in love with C.J. Stroud, though, in, in the second pick overall, and they may go Will Levis. Well, and that's what I think uh, a lot of people are, are thinking. And to be honest with you, I almost don't, because they got another pick later on in the next round. So if you're not in love with one of those those top guys, wait. You know, if you if you really feel like you can wait, they, they still believe in Davis Mills. I, I don't know why, but they've still believed in Davis Mills. That's that's something where they've, they've made their stand on him last season, and he hasn't gone anywhere yet. He does pick up Dalton Schultz now to, to throw to, which is obviously in Houston – you're used to having some pretty good tight ends. Now they've got that as well. So maybe that helps. Obviously, Robert Woods, uh, now Noah Brown, Nico Collins. It's not a bad little uh, backfield. They got Damian Pierce still, uh, Devin Singletary now. So that offense is starting to take shape. 
D'Amico uh, Ryans brings over Jimmy Ward from San Francisco, right? Mm -hmm. In the secondary, that could help as well. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of, of this team now needs to coalesce around somebody and, and maybe waiting on a later quarterback is the answer because there's still going to be people down there when you're going to pick again in the first round. I agree with you, Rod. I think they should trade down, me personally. I know that that's not the sexy idea, but I just think that this team has so many holes in it, and it, it, you're not going to fix this team in, with, with one pick. And, it, and they're not in love with any of the quarterbacks from all the reports that I read, so it, there's no reason to read for one. I think you could trade back uh, five, six, seven picks and maybe get Will Levis, who seems to be the guy that they've targeted, or maybe they want C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson. I think if you trade back, you're able to stockpile some more capital and picks and still get a quarterback. Yeah. I think and, so they, and they pick 12 overall too. Yeah. That's so what had, yeah. Yep, it's not yep. like they're losing out on a whole bunch of, of uh, opportunities down there as well. Um, and in fact, though, for selfish reasons, I hope they don't, uh, they don't pick Will Levis because I, I have Anthony Richardson to go higher. So if they're going to pick a quarterback, then let it be uh, Anthony Richardson. I'd, I'd rather have that happen. So my, my prop bet cashes, but um, no, honestly. Yeah. Like I said, you, and you hit it too. They, they need more than a quarterback. So you, you spend that draft capital on a quarterback and you don't love them and you're stuck with it. And, and now you got to figure out it's a Zach Wilson situation, right? You go after a couple of seasons later after a veteran quarterback that that's uh, it's going to be expensive for you or, or what do you do with it? So um, they definitely have a lot of questions. I don't know what the answer is, but I do know what the answer to is. Will you bet on a futures for the Texans? That is a no. I don't care if it's 100 to 1, 1,000 to 1. I don't feel like that's good enough for me to, to try to lay any money on. You know, the only thing is, like maybe with the Houston Texans or one of these teams that have such a long shot that maybe you could get them early and maybe they start 3 and 5 or something where they're in the hunt because this division doesn't get away. And maybe you can hedge out of it. That's the only way. I don't think there's any way that the Texans are going to win this division. So as much as I would love to give out 100 to 1, I will pass on the Houston Texans winning the division. Although I, I think they will play hard for D'Amico Ryans, and I think you agree as well. Oh, 100%. I mean, you watch the San Francisco 49er defense play so tough for that guy. I mean, and they, and they weren't perfect either. They were, you know, giving up long, long pass, inter, uh, pass interference penalties. They were, you know, you really couldn't trust them sometimes to not allow uh, an offense to sort of drive at the at the wrong time for the defense. Like, it was it was not a perfect defense, but you knew every single one of those guys were playing hard because D'Amico Ryans was not, you know, he, he believed in them even when they were making mistakes, even when they were giving up big plays. So I think the whole Texans team now has – that type of a person cheering for them. And, you know, you want to play hard for a guy like that. So I, I agree. They'll probably get better. I, I will talk about their win totals in a little bit, but um, obviously still think they're another season or if not two away from, from claiming the top of this uh, AFC South. So I don't know. I mean, listen, again, I, I want to tell you to bet on this. If you're a diehard Texas fan and you put Texas money on or Texans money on every year, you're going to with it with or without me telling you to do it. So um, I'm just saying, I'll probably stay away. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. <laughs> and uh, they, they're 10 to 1. I don't know why I said 100 to 1. Because I did. Because I, I can't <laughs> Yeah. <They're> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was like, I was like, oh, 100 to 1. I need to get in on that, uh, even if it's not going to happen. But yeah, no, 10 to 1 still. Yes, very, very juicy. But there's a reason why they're 10 to 1. They're, yeah. they're going to struggle to win some games again in Houston. Yeah, I can see the trolls now. Rod's making up stats again. He's making up lines. Yeah, sorry. I was on the road for about two and a half hours today. My brain's not wrapping itself around plus 1,000 like it should. Uh, but this one's not hard. It's 5-1. to one. It's the Indianapolis Colts. They come in at plus 500 to win the AFC South. Again, they finished at 4-12-1 and 12 and one last season. They gave or they scored 289 points as well. Gave up 427. They were two six two and six at home, two six and one on the road, but they were not as good in the division as were the other teams. They were one four and one in the division. The Colts, again, they're they're a team in absolute flux right now, and they need more than just a, a band aid to fix what's going on with them. Uh, they definitely need to figure out a a strategy for the long run. Gardner Minshew. 
and Nick Foles still listed as quarterbacks. Sam Ellinger Ellinger, uh, is also on that depth chart as well. So, I mean, Indy, you feeling anything for Indy? No. What a dumb, what a what a what a difference a year makes with this franchise. They were like the consensus pick to win the division last year. Matt Ryan coming over from Atlanta. It was the best guy they had quote from Jim Irsay, the best guy they had had in their building since Peyton Manning. So talk about a bad take. Um yeah, no, they 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 were awful last year. I mean, completely what four and thirteen and they probably were lucky to even win four games. Uh, the quarterback carousel was a joke from Matt Ryan to Ellinger to Nick Foles. Uh, uh, and then the midseason firing, bringing Jeff Saturday from get up over to coach the team, firing a good coach and Frank Reich. It, this th- They were a joke last year, it, just from management side of things. So, no, I don't. They, I kind of view this situation similar to uh, Arizona in the NFC West. Just ha- complete joke on and off the field completely run. So, yes, new coach coming in from uh, Philadelphia, Shane Steichen. Good luck to him. Uh, Both the Philly coordinators got tough uh, gigs here with Arizona and Indianapolis uh, coming over from that Super Bowl appearance. So, yeah, it sounds like they're going to take quarterback in in the opening round, but I think it's another team that's got a lot of holes more than just quarterback. Well, and I like I said, so I did a, a shameless plug. I did a, a draft prop article over on the website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Go check it out. Uh, but I do feel as if this is a spot where uh, Anthony Richardson could go uh, yeah. to to the Colts. Uh, Jim Irsay has been kind of hinting that he may do this. He may not. Like it's People are, are, are frustrated trying to figure out what he's going to do with that fourth pick of the draft. Uh, and, in fact, he's not really tipping his hand very much. But it, it feels as if he should take a quarterback here because Gardner Minshew, I'm sorry, love the man, not the answer at your starting quarterback. And if you're going to pick a quarterback to throw in right away, a lot of people are saying that Anderson's that guy uh, that, or Richardson, sorry, is going to be that guy to, to jump in and and to be that guy. So, you know, this feels like a, a spot for them to maybe start building around a young quarterback. And I think it's pretty consensus that Richardson, yes, he probably has the lowest floor, but he has the highest ceiling as well. So I think I think either team, it, it wouldn't be a bad take. I mean, anytime you got a chance to take a guy that's got the highest ceiling in the draft, not number one overall, I think it's worth a shot. Because you, you just don't know with Anthony Richardson, if he does pan out, you have your franchise quarterback for the next 15 years. So, yeah, I, I think I would take a Richardson over Stroud and Levis as well. Well, you think about what he'd have in his in his arsenal too. You got Jonathan Taylor still, who's arguably still one of the better running backs in the entire league. Um, you've got young receivers. You've got a uh, uh, Michael Pittman in there as well. Um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie from Buffalo, obviously a, a good guy that got buried under under guys like Stephon Diggs, right? Uh, so he's a, a good talent in and of his own right. So I mean. Yeah, this this might be a good landing spot for him, but I still, again, much like the Texans, don't trust the Colts to make the improvements to catapult them above a, a pretty stout Jacksonville Jaguar team right now. Yeah, they d- top to bottom roster wise, they are not in the same league as uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is crazy to say, just with the whole uh, difference a year makes. Um, it'll be interesting to see. How going from Frank Reich to Shane Steichen, how how that transitions. Their offensive line's gotten old quick in Indianapolis. Their defense as well. Uh, they still have Pittman Jr. and and Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, but they got a lot of holes on this team, man. You think they want Jeff Saturday back under center? Is that is that I mean at center? Is yeah, that, <laughs> that should have came with the coaching gig. Is that they got uh <laughs> that they they want him to play as well? Little player coach action going on. Uh, yeah. like in the old days of baseball. Um, all right. Well, this team would probably be the only one that I feel like could make a run at the uh, Jaguars this year. And that, of course, is the Tennessee Titans. They come in at plus 350 to win the AFC South. And I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they were the top team in the division. And it wasn't even close, like we're talking about with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, Tannehill, obviously, Henry uh, in the backfield and and just the wealth of of uh, talent that they had on both sides of the ball. But 
I think we're starting to see a crack in it. Or maybe the teams in the division or, or teams in the AFC were building around defending Henry because it began to, to really feel like he was the only weapon to fear in Tennessee. So um, I don't know. What, what What's your prognosis of the Titans over the last couple of seasons? Uh, I think they really miss A.J. Brown last year. <laughs> I think it was safe to say that. Yeah, Traylon Burks, he's got a high upside with the draft pick they had last year, but they, they've they also gotten old on the defensive end, in my opinion, and their offensive line has suffered a lot of injuries over the last couple of years, which I think has um, made King Henry drop a little bit in his production, and he's got a lot of miles on those tires. Yes, he is an animal. He still is the king. A lot of rumors that they might try and move him at the draft is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I don't know about that, though. I I don't know if that would be wise. I, I know that you would probably get a decent amount back, but if you're Tennessee, why let the best player you've got on the field go unless you're in total, I mean, utter rebuild mode, and you end up taking a quarterback to try to just, you know, uh, hedge your losses and just or go to Malik Willis next season and go all in on him and, and you know, kind of let Tannehill back up and 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 kind of slowly work his way out of the league. But, yeah, I don't know why you would let Henry go at this point. And it was wild uh, with Tennessee last year because they were 7-3 and three and they were sitting pretty once again coming off the one seed the previous year. Then they got banged up. Tannehill was in and out of the lineup. Dobbs had to play. Wills had to play. And they just weren't even close with those guys uh, without Tannehill. So, It'll be interesting. Uh, I, this is, feels like the last year, maybe the last stand, as they call it, uh, for Tannehill and Tennessee. And maybe if they tank this year, they go young uh, with the quarterback next year in the draft. But I still think with Vrabel coaching this team, Tannehill, a healthy Tannehill, and then King Henry, and then a decent defense, I think that they could stay around that 500 mark and have a chance to get back to the playoffs. What they need, though, is is weapons for Tannehill to throw to when he doesn't hand the ball off to, to yep. Derrick Henry. And again, with you said it, A.J. Brown being gone last season, that just exposed the fact that all you were left with was Nick Westbrook-Akine, Traylon Burks, you know, the, those kind of guys that it's not, they're not standouts. And and I understand that on a running, a run-first team like Tennessee has tried to make themselves and, and has successfully for a while now, you don't need... Like a gigantic, and that's why they, they felt like they could move on from AJ AJ because they thought, well, you know, we got Derrick Henry. We don't need a, a, an expensive wide receiver when we can try to build up around what we have. Well, that doesn't work. And and I even think in Baltimore, it, it shows itself as well because you need a pass catcher in Baltimore when you do want to throw the ball that's going to be able to catch the ball. And those guys were not able to really get it done to the level that we were accustomed to seeing AJ Brown do. Yeah, yeah, and I like you lose weapons around Tannehill, but then you also lose key offensive linemen to free agency in the last couple of years. Of them also injuries. Their offensive line was completely banged up, three, four starters down coming down the stretch last year. So they need to stay healthy on the offensive line to give King Henry, but most importantly, give Tannehill a shot to stay healthy and distribute the ball where it needs to be distributed. So they're a plus three fifty. Like I said, if I was to speculate on anybody other than the Jaguars in this, I think that the Titans would be it. 350 seems about right, about competitive when you look around to some of the other uh, gaps between first and second. Um, even just looking up to the NFC East where the Eagles are at plus 115 and the Cowboys are at plus 175, it's still a, a, a decent enough gap. AFC West, the Chiefs are minus 150, Chargers are at plus 330. So it seems to be that that's sort of the the line in the sand uh, for some of these divisions as well uh, when you're talking about a clear favorite versus the, the second un, in line. So like I said, Tennessee feels like that's about right for them at plus 350. I wouldn't mind stabbing at that uh, only because, again, if Tannehill does figure that this is his last stand or that he needs this one season to impress, right, and goes all out and does – fantastical things they get another pass catcher in the draft maybe or trade for a good pass catcher um you know and then derrick henry does derrick henry things all season long this could be the team if if jacksonville implodes and and doesn't keep the success that they had last season uh that i think could could take the throne yeah if you had to pick one but i 
I, I still just don't see it. I, I Jacksonville quarterback wise is just on a different level than Tennessee. So I'm going to stay away from it. I think if Tennessee is to back their way into the playoffs, it would be a seven seed. Um, but I, I don't see them competing with Jacksonville in year two of the Doug Peterson era. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. The books kind of feel the same way too, because they've, they put them, like I said, a plus three fifty, where the Jacksonville Jaguars are clear and, and present favorites at minus one fifty to win the AFC South. Yeah, just, just to kind of put this in perspective for you. Okay. Jacksonville is at minus minus one fifty to win the AFC South. Like I said, Tennessee is at plus three fifty at the second Kansas city is at minus one fifty as well to win the AFC West. <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars are at the same odds as the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas city chiefs to win their division. I don't know what that says to you, but that says to me that this is such a crazy, crazy situation we find ourselves in. Uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know what kind of bizarre world we're living on anymore, Ryan. I think it just says how good Jacksonville was in the second half of last year. They played at a top five level, probably in the whole league. It, it, I mean, we touched on it. They won seven out of nine, won a playoff game, gave Kansas City everything they could handle at Arrowhead. I know Mahomes was banged up, but Mahomes still played. Um, I think you also saw it with Doug Peterson, year number two in Philly. Goes from around a nine and eight team. Eight, I think they were eight and eight his first year. They won the Super Bowl in his second year. Uh, they get Calvin Ridley off of uh, the gambling suspension. So shout out to Calvin Ridley, another weapon for Trevor Lawrence. I, I, I think Jacksonville runs away with this. So I have no problem going minus 150 because I think that they're clearly the be uh, best team in this division. And we'll, we'll talk about some other futures I like with Jacksonville potentially. I, I think this is a – I'm going all the way, man. I think this is a AFC contender, Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I was going to say this is obviously, well, I mean, I'm going to say that at least the division. I'm not sure if I'm that high on them for the rest of it, but I do believe that this is a team that uh, really does control their own destiny. And listen, it sometimes is hard to be successful because then you have to be successful again. Last yep. season, no one was expecting anything out of them. So when they when they went on a five-game tear to end the season, right, they won five straight. They were 5-0 and oh over the last five games of the season. Uh, that was that was great for everybody. They were like, oh, wow, this is it. But now you did it. So now you got to do it again. So the question is, can Trevor Lawrence do it again? Can he ride that success? Can Travis Etienne do what he did? Can, like you said, Calvin Ridley now, there's a Jones, Christian Kirk. Can they put it all together? Can that defense continue to do good things for them as well? Like now the pressure's on. So it, it really is theirs to lose. We're going to learn a lot about this team to start the season and, and, and what they, what they do to follow up on their success. And the crazy thing is it's only year number three of Trevor Lawrence. It feels like he's been in the league forever. He's only been two years. It's just that first year was such a dumpster fire with how dysfunctional urban Meyer was. And then finally he got competent coaching. It took, it took him a little bit there. I mean, he, he kind of was uh, inconsistent in the first half of the year, uh, bad turnovers. But like I said, that bye week, hit and then he was a completely different players finished his uh, first year under Doug Peterson throwing for over 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. I mean, pro bowl level. I mean, he was, he was an all league guy last year. He just kind of gets overshadowed by the elite guys like Mahomes, Burrow and Allen. Well, pretty soon if he continues to do what he's been doing, he'll be in the conversation with at least yep. a couple of those guys. Uh, maybe not the Mahomes level quite yet, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe the Herbert level. Maybe you start to, to get him somewhere in that vicinity um, as well. So He beat Herbert. I'm just saying. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. We got to start talking about that in the conversation. It's, it's who you beat, right? Who you continue to beat. So if he continues on that role, we'll start uh, bringing his name up in those conversations. Speaking of conversations, we get to have them with you each and every week, and we're happy about that. For those of you watching on YouTube, thank you very much for doing so. Continue to do the things that make these YouTube videos possible. Like, subscribe, comment, tell your friends, put it on a doctor's office wall so that way when they're watching, uh, they wonder what's going on and they go home and watch the NFL Gambling Podcast back at home and catch new episodes. I don't care how you do it. Spread the word. We'll continue to do this and we'll continue to be very much appreciative of all of your efforts to help grow this show and the SGPN at large. Hey, Rod, real yes, quick. Sir. 
We just, we just, uh, we talked about every team in the division. We went through the Jaguars and we didn't even talk about where they're picking. That's how good a year they had last year because we're used to always saying one or two. They're picking 24. So I think we uh, both can agree. Probably need a little bit of defense um, to sure up, get, get some more pass rushers or, uh, uh, secure that back end of that secondary, but that just shows you how how far Jacksonville's come in just a year under Doug Peterson. That we barely even talked about where they are in the draft because they're they're uh they're a contender now, man. I mean, we're not talking about which one of the running backs or receivers are going to be taking, or or if they were going to replace Trevor Lawrence at quarterback with one yeah. of those other top picks, right? Because that's that's I feel like that would have been the next natural progression if they would have gotten another like one or two pick. Uh, it's, you know, it's like, do you still build around Trevor Lawrence? Like, what are, what are you doing? Because at this point, the only, the better players out there, right? We talk about it, CJ Stroud out there, Bryce Young, those guys. Like, you don't take them. We already got a, when you already had a number one pick, do you? I, that's a weird situation to be in if you still continue to have this number one picks after three years, you know? If you're still picking number one after three years, probably your franchise quarterback isn't the guy. <laughs> that's probably a safe assumption. At a, it's completely so. Um, all right, well, let's talk about some win totals, shall we? Let's move over and talk about the futures uh, as far as win totals are concerned. Talked about the Texans. They're over under. Now, this is what I love about this this number, right? It's set at five and a half, but either side is minus 110. So they're like, I don't know. Uh, but I feel like smashing the under on this because, again, I know like we talked about D'Amico Ryans is there. You want to play hard for a guy like that, but you're asking them to win two more games three more games really than they won last season. And that's a hard road to hoe when you're just a, a complete and total mess at this point. Yeah, I'm going under. I, I like they won three games last year and I actually thought they played pretty well. Like I thought that they battled. I know it's Lovey Smith. It's going to be your number one, D'Amico Ryan's. I think he's going to be more worried about his culture and doing things the right way. And I think he's just going to take it on the chin. I see three and 14 around that range. Yeah, it's not. And well, and remember they had a tie last year too. So even that tie yeah. would have just counted for that. And you're like I said, you're five and a half. Like four and a half, I may, I may be compelled to, to take the over on that. But if you're telling me that you need to get to six wins, you know, I, I just don't see it. Because again, like we said, you know, last season they were still uh what was it in the division three, two, and one. So they they were they're right around they were actually right around five hundred, if not just above five hundred. Uh, in the division. So they still have to play those guys more. And I'm again, I'm not seeing them beating anybody else more than a, a once uh, this season. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's funny because they've always had Jacksonville's number and they beat Jacksonville last year. Again, I think they swept them. I think, I believe you're right. I, I have yeah. I'm not looking at their exact uh, schedule right now, but I believe you're right. So, yeah, but I don't think that's happening again. Yeah, <laughs> not, no, they, not this season at the no very doubt. least they'll split it for sure. Um, so, uh, all right. The Indianapolis Colts are next. They are sitting at six and a half, uh, in their win total. The over is, uh, juiced at minus 140. The under is at plus 115. Six and a half last season. What did they win? Uh, four, 12, and one was their record. Can they win three more games as well? I don't see it. I, I with the uncertainty at the quarterback position, I think they're a five six win team. Tell me what they're basing it on, though. I, I really want to know what they're basing off of a six and a half number. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe some positive regression, uh, just better. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I maybe just because they had Jeff Saturday as coach for so long, and it was just a complete joke. Uh, maybe getting a competent coaching staff. Although Frank Reich was a good coach. It, it, for years there in Indianapolis, and they just completely screwed him with, with that move with Jeff Saturday. And Matt Ryan was so bad. Maybe they're saying even a rookie quarterback, it can't get any worse. But still, I don't, I don't see a three game improvement. Well, and the fact that the over is actually the favorite in this at minus one forty, it really does make me scratch my head because I, yeah. I, I can't see him to get. I can maybe six wins. Maybe six is where they're at, and that hook comes into play, but. I mean, give me the under at plus money, right? I'm more apt to take the plus money side of this, banking on the fact that they're not going to win three more games than they did last season. Yeah, I just don't see it with the quarterback situation. That's the, that's my main reason why I don't think it could happen. Maybe 
if if Minchu is the guy from day number one, maybe they could get to seven and ten, but I don't know. I, I just yeah, I'm I'm gonna go under. Yeah, I they, usually like back in first year uh, head coach unders. Yeah, well they they only won one game within the division last season, so uh, yeah. you know that that goes to show you that they weren't good in the division uh, as well. So can't definitely can't. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I think you need to take advantage of that now though, because that number depending on the draft may may change too. I highly doubt it. I still probably think it's going to be six and five, but grab it when you can. Um, all right. The next one's a little bit tricky, right? Tennessee, they come in at seven and a half. The over is at plus 110. The under is at minus 130. So under seven and a half is the favorite hmm. here. But they were seven and 10 last season. So again, this is one of the, I said it's tricky. I didn't say it was easy. Can they win yeah. another game? Can they pick up another game? They were three, five, three and five at home, four and five on the road, three and three within the division, uh, five and seven within the conference. So can they pick up another win in there? That's uh, who, who do they beat now? I usually don't like back in teams that collapse the year before coming down the stretch. It seems to use most of the time carry over into the next season. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go a third straight under in this division. I see six, seven wins. I, I'm surprised that they're projecting Indianapolis and Tennessee kind of at the same win total, seven wins. I mean, because you said uh, the over was juice for um, Indianapolis and then the under with Tennessee. So I see under. I think that Tennessee has overachieved for years and years. And I think last year they finally underachieved. I think it's another year of underachieving here. It's definitely a tough call. Uh, yeah. Cause again, I mean, eight and nine doesn't seem like it's that out of the realm of possibility. If we, like we said, we get Tannehill, another pass catcher, or, you know, if they, if, like I said, if Tannehill decides that this is the year that he decides to step back up again and, and do things he needs to do to either get another job or, keep his job in, in Tennessee. Um, the, but this is it. If, if they don't, I think if they don't get to at least eight wins this season, you probably are going to see a complete rebuild of this team. And, you know, again, it's, it's crazy, but I don't know. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued at plus money on the over uh, because again, eight feels like one extra win for them. Isn't as much of to ask than three wins for Indy or three wins for Houston. You know, so I might be inclined to take this Tennessee over seven and a half at plus 110. In fact, you know what? Lock it in. I'll take eight and nine record for Tennessee next season. They're not there you go. Get over 500, but they definitely will get over seven and a half wins. I'm still staying under and, and, and uh, it'll get us to the next team, which is, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're over under man. They need to get one more win or two more wins rather to, to hit over this. Their number is set at 10 and a half, the over at plus 115, the under at minus 140. I don't feel like this was fair, though, Ryan. I don't feel like it was fair the way they set this up, right? At 10, at nine, over nine and a half as the, as the number, I feel like you could have juiced it differently. But they gave you 10 and a half, but they said, you know what? We're going to take the under and, and pretty much uh, bait you to take this one. I'm going over. I think they I, this this is my favorite one in this division. I and like I said, I'm giving out three unders on the other teams. That means the win's got to come somewhere. I think Jacksonville continues that momentum of winning eight out of ten down the stretch, kind of like Philly did with uh, year number one with Peterson or Philly and year number one with Sirianni. They finished strong, got in the playoffs, got a taste of it, and then made their run to the Super Bowl last year. I see I see Jacksonville running away with this thing in the AFC South. I do feel as if, yes, you're right, because they finished nine and eight last season, five and three on the road, uh, at home rather, four and five on the road, four and two the, in the division, eight and four in the conference, but they were one and four outside of the conference. So uh, they need to pick up another win there. They need to pick up another win uh, within the, the division, you know, which again, like you said, if, if you're produced, if you want unders for the rest of the division, that means that's at least one win. And look, they, they did kind of stumble out of the gates, right? They didn't get out to the hottest start last year. Well, now they've got success. Now they've proven that they can win games. Now they got to win early, right? They've got to be able to win early. They maybe pick up a couple of those wins early and get their way down to an 11-6 and six season for the Jaguars. I don't feel like it's completely out of the realm of possibility, especially given that they haven't gotten any worse, 
right? They definitely are the same team by and large as they went out of the season with last year. So um, I think I'll go with you on the over. I feel like two more wins is not difficult for Jacksonville to pick up, especially if we're talking about, you know, Indianapolis not getting back to where they were. Houston maybe not winning a game against the Jags, uh, Jags like they did last season. So uh, I'm with you on Jacksonville over 10 and a half uh, for this one, especially at plus money. This one is definitely one that at plus money uh, just seems like a, a really good deal. Completely agree. Go Jags. Go Jags. What? What? <laughs> Who are we and what have we done with the rest of the, <laughs> the NFL community? So. Um, all right. That is the win totals. Ryan, is there anything else we need to cover for this AFC South? I feel like we've we've given this more attention than the AFC South has gotten in past history. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, draft week, man. I think we're going to see some more trades. Uh, these teams are going to be all over the draft. I mean, we touched on the bottom three teams, how they're all in the top 10 and to the bottom two are in the top four. So we're, we'll stay tuned. See uh, these other NFL division previews to see where we're leaning. Uh, and for Jacksonville, if you want to take a stab at the AFC, they are currently 14 to one. And if you want to buy into the Super Bowl hype, 28 to one. <laughs> okay. Uh, you could buy into the Super Bowl hype. I'm, I don't know that I'm ready yet for it. I, <laughs> I, I feel like they'll get to the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, did you talk about what they were to get to the playoffs? Hold on. Let me, let me scroll down. Uh, Jacksonville to I make think- the playoffs is I'm looking right now. I'm scrolling right now. Uh, H-I-J. Minus 190. Minus 190 to make the playoffs. Wow. That's something, huh? Yeah. So, the I don't books, know. The books like the Jags, man. They they love the Jags. Again, I don't know. I don't know. That might be a little too juice for me. But, I mean, look, you don't pay the – you don't only pay the juice if you lose, as yep. my buddy Cody Zeeb always says. So, uh, I don't think that's a losing bet. I feel like they will make the playoffs. Uh Obviously, at 11 wins, it's hard to not make the playoffs at 11 wins, especially in the AFC South. So, uh, all right. Well, again, keep tuned to the SGPN. We've got lots and lots and lots cover of draft coverage coming your way. Uh, live drafts, mock drafts. Now, with all this news about Aaron Rodgers, we're going to have to go back and, and redo our entire draft because uh, guess what? The, the draft picks have swapped between the Jets and the Packers. So, we've got to figure out what that means for the rest of it. And, uh, and yeah, who knows? Maybe the Texans trade out of that, uh, that number two overall pick and, and figure out a way to get more draft picks. It's going to be crazy. I will tell you that right now leading up to this, this draft. And the unexpected is going to happen, but we'll have you locked down for the entirety of it. And, uh, and you can keep coming here for all your updates. No doubt. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Moneyline underscore Mac. And, hey, we'll be back tomorrow and Wednesday all leading up to the draft. Draft week, baby. Draft week, baby. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bottom. Everything I got going on, whether it is here, the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Check out my draft props article on the main site. Like Ryan said, we'll be back all week long. Draft week, baby. Got to get you all in for it. So until next time, we'll see you. And let it ride. <laughs>